Welcome to Tricky Fish, a conversation between a Gen X dad and his millennial daughter. Here's your hosts, Ian and Rhiannon. All right. Welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. If you have listened to us previously, <laughs> welcome back. So... This is episode two, the one about cats and dogs. Have you ever seen Parks and Rec? Real quick. I started to watch that okay. show. I, it's a show that it's it okay. seems funny, but I just haven't got back to it. I totally get it. The only reason I ask is they do have like a specific radio personality, and he talks very deliberately like this. And the way that you were like looking when you were talking at the intro reminded me of that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But anyway, yes, cats and dogs. Sorry. All right, yes, yeah, so cats and dogs. Before we start... I want to say that there are people who think cats are better, and there are people who think dogs are better, and they are all correct. So I just want to get that out of the way, okay. just say that up front. This is one of the lighthearted episodes, <laughs> so if you listen to the last episode, you know we talked that we'll be doing lighthearted episodes, we'll be doing things that are a little bit more serious. If this is your first time listening to this, we... We'll do some lighthearted episodes. We'll do some serious episodes. This is a lighthearted episode. Okay. And how this came about was when you and I were talking about starting this podcast and we were talking about topics and I happened to say, yeah, you know, like random. And then I was telling you about it. One of the examples I gave you was you could do a episode about cats versus dogs mm -hmm. as an example. And I was not actually going to do this as an episode, but you were, were like, no, we should do it. Yeah. So here we are. It's because I had a revelation about this like a couple weeks ago, and I, I can't wait to like drop it and then just see how you feel about it. Sweet. <laughs> okay. So I will say, as me personally, I like both cats and dogs, but I am a dog person. I lean more towards a dog. If you come to me and you say, you can have one pet, a dog or a cat, mm -hmm. dog, boom. I don't even have to think about it. And I do own a dog, a golden retriever, so... So that's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that when we do these podcasts, we only know what the topic is. We never discuss it beforehand. So I have no idea what you're going to come at this from, even though I think I might have an idea. So what about you? Okay. So in this specific debate, I would agree that honestly, the only animal I don't like are mosquitoes. I personally feel like mosquitoes are a, a waste of time and a gigantic mistake to whoever created it. Hate that. Thanks for that. But that being said, I'm absolutely a cat person. I can appreciate dogs, but I I don't know. I'm, I am just 100% a cat person. Okay, so what makes you more of a cat person than a dog person? <sighs> okay. So I am the kind of friend that we can literally hang out in the same room together and not talk to each other. And I still consider that quality time. You could be reading a book. I'd be scrolling on my phone or vice versa, whatever. One of us would laugh at something, share it with each other, but like not really sure. actively engaged. Right. Like that is the kind of friend I am. I just like to exist around other living creatures and cats are the same way. Now with dogs, they're just another child, but this one I can't reason with. <laughs> okay so first of all yes they are like toddlers that's for sure yeah because like my cats i can go on vacation for a week and i can just have my friend come over and feed them and my cats are totally self-sufficient don't care at all right. I, if i am here or not they they just are here they, they probably here enjoy having the yeah place they, to they very well might like the break whereas with dogs they are so much more high maintenance just naturally like as creatures and i get it 
I don't have the energy for that. I already have children. <laughs> well, sure. Dogs are definitely considered pack animals, even though they don't actually follow the idea of pack like wolves do. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think that dogs are pack animals, and they think of it in that one-to-one -one dogs to wolves thing. Mm -hmm. But dogs have evolved to be our companion over hundreds of years, and the whole pack mentality thing is not really a thing they understand. But they do understand, like, this is family. Yeah. This is this is my group. Whereas cats, they tend to be more loners. But I also think that that comes from an evolutionary thing. Dogs evolved from a common ancestor with the wolves. Mm -hmm. So there was like some canid creature that branches off. One branch goes in the way of wolves, which are basically a group of canids that are like, you know what? I don't want to have anything to do with people. People suck. <laughs> and then Agreed. the other branch that comes off of that common ancestor becomes what we know as dogs today. Hmm. Maybe in the beginning they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I agree with you wolves that people suck. But check it out. I don't have to go hunt. They'll just give me food. All I got to do is be cute. For an example of cats in history, Egypt? Yes, but... <laughs> Okay, but if you look at mountain lions, stuff yeah. like that, the large amount of feline species tend to be loners. Yeah. Okay. You do, of course, have prides, mm -hmm. lions, but it's usually like one male and several females. And like when the, another male shows up as a kitten, whatever they call them, it grows up. Cubs. And then they're like, go, is it cubs? Yeah. Like a lion, lion cubs. Cub? Yeah. So yeah, lion cub. <laughs> when the lion cub gets older, then it's get the F out. Go, yeah. go make your own pride. <laughs> Except for in humans, that's pretty typical that the adult would then go off on its own and create a new family because that's pretty much the point of all life, which is amazing to me that humans have to complicate it so much because literally everything exists to procreate, to repopulate and like sure. keep going. That's literally the point of life is to just keep going. Humans have a longer development period. Yeah. So when you look at puppies and kittens, for example since we're talking about cats and dogs, within like six months, for example, my dog was almost full grown. Like oh, he, was, fair. he was almost at his full, what would be his adult okay. height. And that's a very short time span. So like he's done growing? He's not going to get any bigger? Yeah, no, he's... Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's um, so large already. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I love him. There's reasons for it. But no, it's just, and humans just take a long time to get yeah. to their thing and so we have to take care of them for a longer period of time yeah i'm going to tell you why i think dogs are better than cats okay you can train cats and dogs mm -hmm. okay first of all i think dogs are easier to train than cats because dogs already have that desire to please mm -hmm. and cats are just like uh no <laughs> <laughs> so they come off as typically not caring mm-hmm you can also be more thorough with dog training. By that, like you can train dogs to do things that you can't do with cats. Mm -hmm. So when you think about that, so that's going to be like service dogs. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get a service cat, right? Search and rescue dogs. Mm -hmm. You don't see search and rescue cats. <laughs> that would be so cute, though. Imagine like a panther. Oh, my God. That'd be oh, my God. Bagheera, a service cat from Jungle Book. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, yeah, you can go with that one. You want to stay away from Shere Khan, though. Ooh. <laughs> the tiger. I mean, it depends on if you like a bad boy, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. If you want it to um, be a good girl, get yourself a bad boy. Nice. Sorry. <laughs> so you can train dogs to do different things. And I think that like training with cats is more about setting boundaries. 
Mm-hmm. I will give a major point to cats, though, in the potty training thing. Because mm-hmm. almost from the start, you could put a cat into a cat box. They just get it. Yeah. And they just get it. They're down for it. And with puppies. It's- That's an evolutionary thing because they prefer sand. Because the whole point is that they have to be able to dig so they can bury their scent. So that predators or like other creatures don't know that they're there. Oh, sure. So like they naturally would prefer sand over anything else. Or like that kind of texture. Right. So if it's going to come between a hardwood floor or a litter box. <laughs> What are you going to do? Right. Whereas puppies, you got to take them out. You got to catch them before they start going so you can give them the idea. And then you get them out and then they've decided that they don't need to go potty and they want to go play instead. And it's over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And eventually you can potty train them. But cats are much Mm -hmm. easier in that regards. There's definitely no litter box involved. Now, see, the reason why I like the dog is because there is no... But yeah, no you box. could do like puppy pads. I know people who have done those to specifically like train their dog to that overnight or if they're like traveling or something. And, then, and that's what I did with Vader. Yeah. So th- that kind of counts as like its own. Yeah. But eventually, uh, and Vader is the name of my dog. So, but eventually now he knows to go outside. Yeah. So I don't have to put down puppy pads. Well, technically my cats, I have three. Whiskey is the only one that is an indoor outdoor cat now. I can't because like if I keep him inside, he's just a giant asshole to the girls and it drives me crazy. So if I let him outside during the day, we've got this good routine that he comes in before dark because we have coyotes that live out in the woods behind our house. Sure. And he's nice to them and that's great. And then Sugar and Eska just stay in all the time. So like he's the only one that goes outside, but I have seen him go to the bathroom outside too. So like it helps with the litter box situation in the house that during the day he's outside. Right. So. Yeah, but the thing is, at the end of the day. Do that too. And I know that people listening to this will probably go, well, you have to pick up dog poop. And, and I, I do. Really, I really should find whiskeys. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like. in the woods, guys. I can't track him down. Right. I can pick up the poop with the poop bag mm-hmm. and toss it out. Yeah. There's no smell. I mean, there's the initial smell for whatever is there. Whereas cat pee. Yeah, but that's a reflection of how, of how often it's like changed out. And I apologize if that's a problem for me right now. And maybe it's I'm it's not. I, but I swear I just clean them. I'm saying like I've had cats over the years. Yeah. I just don't currently own one right now. But even cleaning it out like on a daily basis, it still eventually builds up. It's yeah. pee, right? Mm-hmm. It's not solid. Even if you're taking out the more solid chunks of the litter. Yeah, there's still like that remnants. Yeah. Yeah. It's just gross. Like, it makes me just gag. (laughs) No, no, thank you. My apologies to anybody who just gags because I just did it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. We're interactive. Oof. Not in that that way, please. (laughs) No, I just find it easier to do it. But, you know, if you don't really want to pick up dog poop, there are services out there that will come and clean up the dog poop for you. Interesting. So, Imagine yeah. living the kind of life that you could financially afford to pay somebody else to come clean up your dog's shit. I would Literally. probably say that's a very privileged Honestly, position. Honestly, like, I want to be so financially secure that when I move, I can hire somebody else to do the physical moving for me. That's the kind of financial security I want sure. to do. I feel like if I can hire somebody to move my things, I could afford to hire somebody come, to come and get my dog shit. Well, I'll say that I don't pick up my dog's poop at home. I'll pick it up if we're out hiking or whatever. Yeah. But... My roommate has a dog, and she was already paying for someone to come pick up her dog's poop. Mm -hmm. They're both big dogs. You can't go out there and go, 
oh, that's that dog's poop. Oh, that's my dog's poop, right? You, you just mm-hmm. There's no way to like differentiate. We'll, we'll just pay the extra for the extra dog. Mm-hmm. So I don't actually pick it up in my own yard simply because somebody else does it. But if it was just me, I would go out and pick it up. I don't got a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Although, like, if it was diarrhea, I'd usually just go take a huge gallon jug oh and just God. pour water in it to get it because you're not going to pick it up with um a oh. poop bag <laughs> just, because of the motion that you were making with your hand i imagined you walking behind vader holding like a pitcher like a lemonade pitcher oh i were, do that like, all the time like, like i follow him around you were trying to catch the diarrhea in Is, oh no that's <laughs> gross like uh, yeah that, that's why oh no that's why that's why i look the way that i do right now <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That's why I like, sound this way. I'm so sorry. If I watch him and I see it just squirt out. I fortunately have not had to deal with that. Yeah. When he was a puppy, he got the squirts, and that was horrible. <laughs> like, yeah, I we put him into kennel. That's another benefit to litter boxes. Yeah, that's true. But my wife at the time and I were crate training him. I put him in the crate for the night, and we laid down. He started whining, like low-level whining. And I was like... Vader, calm down, buddy. <laughs> I thought he wanted to be out and playing. Mm-hmm. And something told me, because he just would not stop yeah. at all. And it was just kind of, okay. And I was just like, okay, something's up. So maybe he's got to go potty. Even though I took him out mm-hmm. before we went down to bed, I got him out. And as soon as I set him down, like he sprayed. Oof. That poor puppy poor had been baby. holding it. He yeah, and so hard. He was trying hard not to go in his kennel that was what it was he was like trying i gotta go i gotta go and you know when you when when it hits it hits yeah i will give him major props that he held it wow for that long kudos to you i mean for like recognizing that need yeah it was probably an hour that makes me sound horrible well i mean if if you're crate training puppies usually whine yeah so like that's totally i feel like that's totally justified yeah, and it seemed like he came more alive in the night and whatever. And <laughs> more alive in the night. <laughs> yeah, it's just like two batteries. Mm-hmm. He had the one that he used during the maybe, day. Maybe he was and then like he had a the backup charger. Yeah, maybe. like, And then he had the backup battery so he could go and, mm-hmm. you know, because he really wanted to play at night. It's like, buddy, you got to sleep, man. <laughs> I got to get up in the morning. I can't do this. So, yeah, we got him out there. It was really kind of Hollywood comedic effect. You know, like you watch movies where somebody like is spewing poop mm-hmm. and it's all over the place and it's spraying like a hose. Mm-hmm. That was Vader. <laughs> and it was like, I'm sorry, but I felt so bad because I, I know it was an hour because i looked at the time mm-hmm. when i got up i'm like oh my god he's been doing this for an hour i'm like you've been holding this for an hour buddy i'm so sorry which is also kind of funny because if i step on someone's foot i'm like i don't care <laughs> yeah. but if i step on my dog's foot i'm like oh are you okay like oh it's because you're emotionally invested in him i am emotionally invested in him dogs love to play that's another thing that i like you can play with cats and i know there's people out there like yeah, i play with my cat all the time mm-hmm. like I yeah do. sure okay but Whiskey goes on walks with me, too. And nice. I don't even have to put him on a leash. But they play up to a limit. And then cats are just like, oh, I'm done. And then it doesn't matter. You can wave that red dot all over the place, and they're not going to care. They're just going to be like, oh, I'm done. With Vader, that dude will chase a ball for hours if I let him get away with that. I'd be out there dying like, dude, my arm's falling off. I'm throwing this <laughs> ball for an hour. I like that I can take him hiking. Mm-hmm. Like, you take your cat for a walk. But that's not generally what cats do. Yeah. Most cats are just like, uh. And I never see anybody taking their cat for a hike. I've seen a, like a couple of videos on the internet, like viral videos where people travel with cats. 
Sure, and I'm not saying... I saw a video recently of someone driving, like living out of their van, kind mm-hmm. of like a tiny home, and they had three cats that they were traveling with. I feel like cats would probably win out in that area over a dog, but I don't know. Yeah. Dogs are a little bit more resilient, I think, than cats. They handle change a little bit better. I remember when I was moving with cats, they would hide under something, and you wouldn't see them for days, and then eventually <laughs> they'd come out and kind of poke around like, what's up? Yeah. But you get a dog, and he's instantly just sniffing all over, like, oh, cool, is this the new place? All right, you know, mm-hmm. let's party. And I'm sure there are people that do take their cats on hikes, but the best cat I ever had was Cusco. Mm-hmm. But if I ever looked at Cusco and said, hey, you want to go for walkies? Like, <laughs> she would just be like. She wouldn't have given a fuck. <laughs> yeah, she. I don't care, whatever. Have at it, enjoy. But if like, I you can you can go have a fun walkies <laughs> exactly <laughs> I'll be here. I look at Vader and you go. You want to go on walkie? And he's like, let's go. Like I'm all in. <laughs> he's a down ass bitch, as Haley called. Yeah, him. and what's funny is we had the exterminator come out to our house every month. They come out and just respray so we don't get bugs in the house. Mm-hmm. What you got to do in this area because ants. Oh, ants are horrible. Ants were such a problem for me at my old house. Yeah, and I was working because I'm currently working from home. And my roommate texts me and says, we can't let the dogs out for an hour. Right. So we had the, the people out. They sprayed. My roommate texts me and says, okay, we can't let the dogs out for an hour. And this is getting near my first break of the day. And I just shot back. Okay, what about walking them? Mm-hmm. Walking them is fine. They just can't be outside around the house. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. Now, my dog doesn't know how to read. I'm not reading it to him. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, buddy, this is what the roommate said. But I look at him and I go, oh, man, dude, you got to stay in the house for the next hour. No walkies. Walkies have been canceled. And he gave me this look like, what are you talking about? (laughs) He looked like I super disappointed him. And that's another thing I like about dogs is dogs seem to have kind of more of a personality. It's not that cats don't have personality. They seem to have more facial expressions than cats do. Now, of course, I really think that's an evolutionary thing that they've evolved to be able to Mm-hmm. use those expressions because they figured out they can manipulate us with that. <laughs> well, no, think about like puppy eyes. There's a reason yeah. why there's a saying about puppy eyes. But if I say hiking to my dog, my dog has no idea what that means. Mm-hmm. Like, Want to go hiking? Dog's just like, mm. I mean, you could if you just use that word instead of walk. Well, I do. I always use hike along with it, but he just doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't click for him. But if I say long walkies, he knows what that is. I'm like, <laughs> you want to go on a hike? Want to go for long walkies? And if I go, you want to go on a hike? He doesn't react. He's lazy. Like, eh, okay, man. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as I go long walkies, his ears perk up. He's like, oh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> so I think in this case, because I called a walk walkies, mm-hmm. and I taught him that word because I would say something like, yeah, we'll probably need to walk down there or something that had nothing to do with taking the dog for the walk. Mm-hmm. And he's like, let's go. <laughs> and golden retrievers are very energetic. Mm-hmm. They're a very energetic breed. So you get an excited golden retriever, and it's like, okay, buddy, calm down. You gotta, mm-hmm. you know, you gotta calm down. So I had to start calling it walkies, so that if I said walk, it wouldn't trigger that response, right? Yeah. But if I said walkies, then he's like, oh, okay, let's go. Way to recognize that. Yeah, but I think it's easier to train a dog for something like that than a cat. That's another reason why I'm more preferential to dogs than cats is they're easier to train. You can train them to things. Mm -hmm. And then finally, like, if you're wanting to lead an active lifestyle, a dog will help you with that. Some dogs, yeah. Yeah, some dogs in general. One of the things I suffer from is depression. Mm -hmm. And having a dog, especially a golden retriever, he's very laid back. 
if I'm just not feeling well, he'll lay by me and he'll just chill. He's not really like, hey, let's go do stuff now. Like he's got it. But it forces me to get up because I've got to let him out. I've got to feed him. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got to take him for a walk or I just don't have enough spoons to take him for a walk. Mm-hmm. So I take him out in the backyard and just throw the ball for a little bit. Now, I do not recommend that if you have depression, you go get a dog. That's not necessarily the solution. You have to look at your situation. If you're somebody who has like a debilitating physical or mental illness, if it's something that keeps you down and in bed most of the time, don't get an animal because it's just not fair to the animal, even if it's something that you want. It has the potential of becoming something that you feel guilty about because it's another task that you don't really have the spoons for. True. When I was thinking about getting a dog, that was one of the things that I was thinking about, like... Can I properly take care of the the animal? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the things where... That's actually something I bring up when coworkers talk about kids or animals. I'm, I always bring up, like, I don't... I don't know who gave me the okay to be responsible for other living things because I'm barely responsible for my fucking <laughs> self. I feel it. <laughs> so, like, who made that executive decision because I want them fired. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I mean, there was part of me, it's like, I just don't know if I could do it. But there was part of me, it's like, well, no, this will be good because I also have a chronic pain condition. If I'm having a pain flare up, I exist in a state of pain Yeah. all the time. And you could easily find yourself not moving because you're just trying to get into a position that's comfortable so you're not hurting. Mm-hmm. And if you're not moving, you're not hurting as much. But Although, then, like, your body can, like, lock up. and Yeah, and then it's leading to other health conditions. So having a dog forces me to get up and move. And there are times that I'm hurting, not a full-blown flare-up, but I am hurting a little bit no- more than normal. Mm-hmm. It forces me to take him on a walk, even if it's just around the block. So the benefit is, is that, of course, he gets to walk. He gets, you know, to see other stuff. But it's also forcing me to get up mm-hmm. and move and uh, not stay in one spot. And that is a benefit for me. Mm -hmm. But I do know people that also have chronic pain that that is not ever going to be a thing for them. They're not going to be able to take the dog for a walk. And that's okay. Right. And that's the thing. You do have to kind of look at it and weigh it out. And I weighed it out and I realized that that was probably going to be a health benefit to me. Mm -hmm. A cat is just going to lay there and not really they don't really need a lot of interaction they'll come up when they want to they'll put their butt in your face (laughs) when they feel like that's the the hip thing to do (laughs) whatever reason that a cat's doing it i'm guessing because they think it's hip i don't know but do cats have a concept of what hip even means i don't know i try to meow at cats and they just look at me like i'm an idiot well, yeah, if you go and talk to someone who speaks Spanish and then just speak gibberish, they would also do that because even though to you it sounds similar, it's not actual Spanish. Okay, but when I bark, my dog's all excited like, oh, cool, you know how to bark too. All I, right. I think he's just humoring you because he loves you. And that would edge out a cat. <laughs> he's more supportive. He's more like, okay, you're cool. Like, yeah, go on, bark, live your best life. Cats are just like, oh, you're an idiot. Shut up. Yeah. All right. I think dogs are better for my self-esteem than cats are. (laughs) (laughs) Not that you should get an animal for your self-esteem. I'm not saying that at all, but. So it's interesting to me that pretty much every point you've made is that the reason that dogs are better is because they're more obedient and regularly useful for things. And Uh, they are chronic 
people pleasers. That's like a weird well, way of looking at it, but that's like a that, that's like how my brain registered it. When you put so, it like that, that sound and that makes it sound horrible. Well, no, I mean, I'm just just summarizing what you were saying because I'm trying to think of how to explain this. So I'll use the last like the latest example that you made about how like there are no such thing as like service cats, and I totally get that. But here's the thing: my three cats all serve different purposes. Because of my depression, I wouldn't say I'm prone, but one of my coping mechanisms is to sleep too much. You know, one of the typical run-of-the-mill symptoms, you know? Sure. Whiskey, if I sleep for too long, and that's more than 10 hours at a time, which is more than enough for me, he will actually come up and cuddle with me and try to get my attention by pawing at my arm and not really using his nails, but like kind of poking me a little bit to get my attention. If that doesn't work, he headbutts me. And moves my arm to, like, wake me up. And then demands attention. And only pets will make that stop. And then Sugar, my smallest cat, she is so on top of eating that it brings me... Because, like, both of their food dishes are right here in the kitchen. And Sugar is clockwork about her meal times Because when I first got her, we had a really rigid schedule because we had Paul's kids at the house, too. And so I was, like, regularly balancing a whole family's worth of stuff. So... We had breakfast at the same time every day, Mm -hmm. and I fed her the same time that I fed me and the same time that I fed the kids. And then same thing with dinner, because we had breakfast and dinner together. Right. This cat gets me up out of bed. Whiskey wakes me up, and then Sugar is standing right there on my floor just staring at me, like willing me to get up and go feed her. And then she looks at me until I grab something for food, too, and she, like, watches. And we eat together. I feel like the first cat doesn't care about you. It wants to eat. Whiskey, so feel, no, whiskey wakes me up, and then sugar's the one that yeah. has us go so, and get food. But whiskey's but, like, I want food, but whiskey's being like, hey, whiskey I'm going to be kind of cool. Regardless of time of day. Okay. So even even if like I fell asleep because when I got COVID and I was hibernating for those week and a half, he did it every ten hours. And so I was waking up and I was able to take my temperature. I was eating food. I was still hydrating. Like regardless of the time, okay. In that like nine ten hour range, sure. he was waking me up. So it doesn't even matter if it's around meal times. Sugar is the one that cares about food. But again. It doesn't matter what time of the day it is. She general ballpark the beginning of the day. We have food together. Later in the day, we have food together. And she will remind me. And she herds me to the kitchen. Where if I'm in the bedroom in the opposite side of the apartment. Yeah, I was going to say the second cat's like, I'm not going to perform the circus tricks. Feed me now. Yeah. And like she'll all stand up and she'll come into the hallway. She'll stop and turn around to make sure I'm following. And then I'll walk a few feet out. She'll run forward into the dining room and then she'll turn around to make sure I'm coming with. Mm-hmm. And then I've tested it. And then, like one time I turned into the bathroom and I or I turned into the other bedroom. Sure. She comes back, chirps at me and then tries hurting me to the kitchen, brings me all the way here. And we have food. Food, human now. Yeah. yeah. And then that's part of having an eating disorder when I was younger. So like the fact that sugar helps me regularly eat keeps it so that I don't fall into those old patterns again, especially when I'm stressed out. I don't even think about eating most of the time. Paul reminds me regularly to eat. Tehran reminds me regularly to eat, but also mostly sugar. See, now I'm feeling bad because I and don't remind you to it's eat It's okay, regularly. though, because I have all these other things, all these other creatures that are doing it for me. But Eska, she is like the emotional support animal for me, I guess. Anytime that I am starting to feel the really bad depressive low coming on or like I'm going to start crying or anything like that, no matter where she's at, she just kind of miraculously appears and then settles right into my lap and right. then just demands pets. 
So it's like as soon as I have that bad energy, she is immediately there and she's like, I'm here. Give me loves. We'll get through this together. I'll be your emotional trauma doula. We got this. Or it could be, look, you're paying attention to yourself too much. You need to pay attention to me. (laughs) I mean, sure. (laughs) Um, Also, though, it's. Okay, I'm going to say my revelation that I had about cats versus dogs. And then it'll lead to another point that I want to make. All right. So I'm not, like, again, I like all animals. I can appreciate dogs, too. So, like, I'm not saying I don't like dogs, but I don't like people that really like dogs. And when I say that, if you look at someone like Gus, for example, he loves cats so much he got tiger stripes tattooed on his back. I understand that's dedication. That is an, an extreme thing, right? So, like, yes, I understand there are people who love cats to sure. an extreme level, but I've never seen a person who loves cats look like their cats. Where with dogs, if people really love their dogs, they look like their dogs. Wait a minute. So I really love my dog. Are you saying I look like my dog? No, I mean, like, think of, you know, you've seen the pictures on the internet where, like, some woman has the same haircut as her poodle. Or oh, like, sure, like, yeah. And then their whole life is being identical and, like, living their lives vicariously together. People with cats don't do that. I feel like I should Google that and double check that. <laughs> I'm sure there are out there, but, like, I've just been, in my experience, if you really, really, really like dogs, it's not something I can really vibe with. Did you ever... And it's because your biggest complaint about cats is that they're emotionally unavailable. No, I'm joking about them being emotionally unavailable. But that's a point so many people make. Like, sure. so many people are like, cats are assholes. Here's the thing. I wouldn't go that far. Cats? Unless they're shoving things off, then it would be like that. Well, yeah. Cats are a wonderful lesson in consent and boundaries, actually. Because if you look at cats, you said yourself, you play with them, they're down for it, and then when they're done, they're done. Like, that's a lesson of communicating, like, yeah, I'm ready for it. I'm consenting to this activity. Let's do this. And then, okay, I've reached my limit. I no longer want to do it. I'm done. They communicate that. And then if you decide to pursue that further, that's you ignoring their withdrawal of consent and their boundaries. And if they're not going to, like, they're not going to give in to you when you're not respecting their boundaries. So then naturally that cat isn't going to warm up to you and want to play with you and be pet by you if you were literally just disrespecting their boundaries. Whereas with dogs, generally they're people pleasers to the point, no matter what they are feeling or doing, if their human wants attention, they're like, okay, let's go, let's do it. I see where you're coming from, but I will say this. Cats, when they're done and they don't want you touching them, they're done, they withdrawn consent, mm-hmm. they'll kind of scratch or kind of bite. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, oh, well, a cat's being a jerk. But dogs will also tell you that they've reached a point where they don't want to do it. Yeah. And sometimes that's like a low growl. Sometimes Vader will be, I'll be like, hey, buddy, and I'll be playing with him. And he'll just give me this low growl like, nope. Well, yeah, but the point that and, you were making about cats is that they, they just suddenly change their minds and don't want to play anymore, whereas dogs are like less inclined to do that. No, that's not really where I was going with that. What I was going with it is that dogs are more generally taking the consent for animals, okay? Mm-hmm. Not forcing them to do whatever, because I don't force my dog to do yeah. whatever he doesn't want to do. And he'll let me know when he's done playing ball, he just won't bring me the ball back or he'll bring me the ball back. And then like when I take it, he goes off and does whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, dude, you want to play ball? He just ignores me. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I'm like, okay, he's done playing ball. Although I've gotten better at figuring out like when he's about to get ready to be done playing ball. Mm-hmm. So I'm not forcing him to have to like, dude, I really don't want to play. I'm just saying that the dog is more likely to be playing longer. 
Yeah. So it. But again, that's your desire for this creature to meet your needs and be useful to you versus respecting its own desires and needs. And that's, again, though, I brought up earlier, I am the kind of person that just likes to exist around other things. I think a lot of people do. With with dogs, the whole point is that you want that interaction and you want that give and take and that back and forth and like that relationship. Whereas all I want is another living thing that shares the same space as me. I don't need my cats to do tricks. I don't need them to meet needs like emotional or physical i don't need them to do tasks for me right and i just appreciate that they allow me to be in their life because if an animal wants out it'll get out sure and my cats like whiskey especially other people have tried to adopt him there was this one time when we still lived in aberdeen that he was gone for like three weeks and i was really worried about him and then he came home with a haircut Like I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, that's, that's weird, right? Yeah. Like, what kind of a cat just goes out one day and then comes home with fur two inches shorter, but perfectly everywhere? Yeah, wow. You know, so at a certain point, my cat actively is like being polyamorous as well, and has several homes and families that love on him, which I'm happy for him. But he like <laughs> chooses to come home and right. be with me when he has full creative he literally could leave and fuck off whenever he wants sure and there'd be nothing i could do about it but they choose to stay here they choose to be here with me and exist with me and they do play with me i play with them all the time especially with the laser like i am an asshole with the cats with the lasers <laughs> paul has this one flashlight that it's like a green laser that has an attachment that looks like a kaleidoscope and he'll start the green laser and just kind of mess around with momo with esco with it and then he'll put the kaleidoscope on and the one time momo just kind of like froze on the floor like a deer in the headlights because all of a sudden she was just covered in a sea of dots and i realize now i'm gonna traumatize my cat but it was funny <laughs> in the moment right <laughs> Well, I got to address what you were saying. I think a lot of people do approach dogs that way. I don't. And I know that growing up, you never really saw me with a dog. We did have no, the... we had Pharaoh and Naomi. We did. But I, if you remember, I was commuting Rogue. back and forth to work. So I was leaving at like 3, 4 in the morning and I wasn't getting home until like 8, 9 at night. Yeah. So I didn't really have time to take care of the dog. And the lady that gave me the dog, she initially wanted to give me the dog. And I told her I didn't have time to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And she brought it over during the week when I wasn't there. And then I showed up and your stepmom was like, hey, that lady brought your dog over. And I'm like, you've got to take that dog back. We don't have time for it. And then she was like, well, we'll take care of it. And then she just ended up shoving them both the dogs on the side there on that concrete, never really cleaning up after them. If it were me, I would not have owned that dog Mm -hmm. because I didn't have time to take care of it. Yeah. And... That's why for the large part of you growing up, I never had a dog because... And that's honestly the thing that prevents me from having a dog now was one, we live in an apartment and I would, sure. want, I would want a yard if we were going to have a dog. Mm-hmm. But that is that I don't have time for something that needs me that much. Like, and yes, right. I, I have a child, yes, but I also have a partner that is here to take care of her as well. Whereas if all of us go somewhere... I don't have a way to have a dog sitter. So are you saying that if you were a single mom, you'd have to find a new home for your kid? I'd have to find a new home for myself as well. (laughs) Like, we wouldn't be able to live on our own. (laughs) Uh, But no, seriously, the reason why, other than that one dog, the reason why I never owned a dog, even while growing up, is because I couldn't trust your stepbrother to take care of it. 
your stepmom would be like, he'll take care of it. And he never did. Yeah, because she never did. never want responsibility. Well, true. I would bring that up. And then you were too young to take care of the animals. And I was just yeah. not going to put them in that kind of position. I'm getting home at like 8, 9 o'clock. I just got to quickly eat dinner and go get to bed yeah. so I can get up for the commute the next morning. I'm not seeing this dog at all. Yeah. So it was a long while before I even knew what the conditions for these two dogs were. And when I found out, I got mad mm-hmm. and they ended up getting rehomed because I was not keeping them in that situation. Good. We couldn't take care of Thanks it. Thanks for doing that. I couldn't take care of it. It was just, no. Mm-hmm. And I don't like rehoming animals. So I got Vader. I made a promise that I would take care of him for his entire life. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm going to do. I don't approach animals from a pet human standpoint. I approach it as companionship. Mm-hmm. Well, Vader's my service dog. So he's medical equipment under the law, mm-hmm. right? But even if he was not, and then he'd be considered a pet for legal purposes. But I don't view him as those things. He's trained to help mitigate a disability, mm-hmm. in my case, PTSD. I look at him as a friend, as a companion. I don't own him. Mm-hmm. I own him for purposes of legal property and the well, way yeah. humans deal with stuff. I don't view him as like a piece of property. Mm-hmm. I view him as a companion, as, you know, like I would view my friend, like he's my friend. Okay. I've always approached animals that way, even when I was a kid. I always understood the concept of pet, but I always felt that because you can train dogs, and you can also train cats too, what I'm saying is you can train dogs to do these different things. In order to train them, that animal has to have a level of intelligence. And there has been studies that have shown that dogs have permanence like we do. Mm -hmm. So the, the kind of myth that people believe is that they get excited when you come back because you were gone and then they forgot you. They don't. They still remember you. (laughs) They're excited to see you come home. Yeah. But back when Vader was still in training and he wasn't fully trained as a service dog, Mm -hmm. I couldn't take him with me to work, for example. So when I would leave to go to work, he remembered me. He didn't stop remembering me. Right. And then when I came back, he was excited to see Now he goes out with me and he does different things. When we go hiking, I'm not hiking with medical equipment. I'm not hiking with property or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm hiking with a friend. Yeah. A companion. So me liking a dog isn't because of the control aspect of it. I just feel like, well, I feel cats are intelligent too. I don't want anybody to think I think cats are dumber than dogs. (laughs) Cats can be dumber than dogs. Dogs can be dumber than dogs. So... (laughs) I mean, you know, I feel like animals have their own internalized world. It may not be the way we internalize as human beings. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I feel like when I'm trying to communicate with a dog, I feel like I'm having more success communicating with it than I am with a cat. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a matter of communication styles. Because actually, sure. that's another thing, too. You're talking about expressive faces. Cats actually have their own way of communicating by how they blink their eyes. So they also have a system. If they're looking at you and they slowly close their eyes and then open them back up, they trust you and they feel safe around you. Right. If they do it long term, that's their way of being like, I love you. You're wonderful. Right. So like they're communicating with eyeballs. They don't even need the whole face. But I also, I see my cat smile all the time. So they do too. It's just a, it's just a matter of knowing what to look for and just learning you know, communication styles. Maybe you shouldn't styles. get as high if you're seeing your cat smile. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Um, We're all mad here, darling. Yeah, right. 
No, and I think at the end of the day for me, I'm more of a dog person again because I'm going to go hang out with this, which is amazing. My dog was on was laying on the bed uh, near me the other day and he yawned and his face was like almost right there next to my <laughs> face when he yawned. And when a dog yawns, it's wide. So the mouth is open mm-hmm. wide and you just see these teeth <laughs> and you don't see it as much with cats, but you do see it with dogs. And I was like petting him. I was talking to him and that's when he yawned. So I'm looking at him when he yawns just to set the yeah. scene. So I'm staring right down this muzzle. So like it's almost, all the like, teeth. almost like in the movies with Snake as the antagonist, or like, like when that jaw unhinges yeah, your dog. Yeah, right. Okay. And I just hit in that moment, wow, this is an animal that could literally bite my face off. You and know, they actually, cats, if, based off of like the kind of damage that they can do versus their mass, they're actually the deadliest land predator. Sure. Like, if they were bigger, they would be the like the top of the food chain. Well, sure. The, the, the top of the food chain. But in looking down at this, it just hit me at that moment. I am sharing my bed and my existence with a predator (laughs) and this predator (laughs) is chilling with me um, to catch a predator dad yeah i i I caught one and i (laughs) and you're cuddling (laughs) i'm cuddling him yeah what's that guy's name that had the the show chris hansen yeah does he know about your and vader's relationship well no because vader's an adult now so and vader clears out his Um, his history for those (laughs) Not in the, in the live dining room studio. I'm that one gif of that guy that's blinking and like kind of turning his head to the side a little bit and just like slow blinking. That's my reaction to, <laughs> to what just happened. Well, no, but it's just amazing because I'm like, oh, this thing could like rip my throat out. Yeah. But we have chosen to coexist and we're buddies. That's why like I've never understood why humans have such a hard time accepting other humans that just simply don't speak the same language when humans have kind of committed to cohabitating with entirely different species with even less communication. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Like, like if, we're talking about, can... like, I'm I'm deciphering how my cats blink as communication styles and people can't communicate with someone who just doesn't speak the same, like, verbal language but we still have body language and like tone and facial expressions sure and like so many other options and now technology and science right but we can totally accept animals and like horses i'm sure there are ways you can tell that horses communicate i don't know them if they bite you they don't like you okay but that the same i don't know if that's true human sure but the point i'm trying to make though is why is other humans I you can't like... talk to so bad when you adopt things goldfish you can't communicate with fish. Yeah. Jellyfish. I would love to have a pet jellyfish. I will never do that. That's more maintenance than I have the energy for. Sure. But I definitely cannot communicate with a jellyfish. But people aren't willing to try to figure out a new way to communicate with someone like a human. Like, what the hell? Yeah. I feel like if you're willing to communicate with an animal, you should be totally willing to try and communicate with other people, even if you don't understand them. Mm-hmm. Although I will say that the biting, usually they're telling you they hate you. I hate you. And then they bite <laughs> you. So you already, you're very clear yeah. with that. But all right. Anyway, we've kind of dragged this out a little bit longer and we are going to end it here. So any closing thoughts about? Um, yeah, I get your argument. Very valid points. I totally see the need and the desire there, but I still think cats are better. All right. Well, dogs are better. We all know that. Nope. Cats are better. And we're both correct. cats. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. All right. We're ending this episode. Thanks for listening. Have a week.
And this has been another episode of Tricky Fish. If you liked what you heard and want more of us, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you find your podcasts. Reviews and comments really help us out, so feel free to leave us one. Otherwise, you can find us at trickyfishpodcast.com and Twitter at trickyfishpod.